look great. You're doing good. You are fabulous. Yes, that's right. Welcome to the podcast for moms by this mama, keeping it raw, real, and unfiltered every Thursday. Let's get into Christian Mom Uncensored. Hey, 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 I am back. I am back and I feel like I haven't been on this podcast in so long. I don't know why. I think it's just because of the way life falls. I don't think I'm, I think the only week I missed posting was that week away. I was away um, on vacation and honestly, it's because I was soaking up the sun, but I have so much to tell you guys about um, as always. And I want to start by talking about um, this, the, the power of like manifestation and manifesting and like changing your life. I, you all know, I've been on this journey of not just like self-care, health and fitness and weight loss and all of this stuff, but really on this journey, this whole year to rediscover like who I am and what I'm passionate about. And if you are a mom and you haven't sat down and done this in a while, I think you should, because what inspired me was that i turned 30 next year and kind of went into a panic, like a little mini life crisis and, um, was thinking about like, okay, what do I want to accomplish in the next, you know, year, two years, three years, five years, 10 years before I'm 40? Because if some of these things are not accomplished by the time I'm 33, I think I'll have a panic attack. And so I started kind of thinking about how, you know, like as life goes on, you get distracted by the adulting of adulting. So, you know, when you're younger, maybe 18 or 19, and you're just in college, or I really think like, before you become a mom, you have a lot of time to pursue your passions, right? You have more time to try different things and fail, because ultimately, the only person that's going to be affected by that failure is you. And so I did a couple of things when I was younger, but I feel like not enough. Um, I got married at 24, had my first child at 25, had my second child at 27. And so, um, yeah, at 27 and now he'll be, two, I think that's correct. Yes. Cause he'll be two and I turned 29 this year. So that makes sense. Okay. And so anyway, and in that time frame, you get distracted with like, okay, I'm doing good for myself. Like I'm paying my bills. I have a home. We have food to eat. We have cars to drive. You know, the kids are or at Mia's registered in school, you know, I need to sign them. I don't have my life together because I still have to sign them up for fall sports. But my intention is to go ahead and sign Mia and Elliot for soccer and then Mia for gymnastics as well. And then like, meanwhile, there's a whole monkeypox crisis. There's a whole COVID that's not gone or is still going around and probably will for forever. Um, then there's just like adulting to do. And so I've lost myself and I feel like you might be in the same shoes I've been, or some of my listeners might be in the same shoes I've been in where, you know, I'm waking up and I'm looking rough. I haven't brushed my teeth. I, um, till like noon, I am still in pajamas. My hair is crazy. My nails are either done or, or either not done or they're done, but they're chipped because the nail polish chipped somehow. And now I feel like a bum because that's one of my pet peeves is having chipped nail polish. Like, um, I could tell I was going through like a funk or depression when I stopped caring about that. And I was like, wow, you need to go paint your nails or take this nail polish off. You're not walking out the house like this. And then I was feeling like my marriage is getting stagnant because we have what two kids in a career. 
So at the top of this year, I decided to go ahead and start doing things I used to do when I was younger that I loved. I love to write. I love to act. I haven't acted yet. Well, actually, I just did this week, but I haven't acted anything. I was a writer and I was just an overall dreamer. I think I'm pretty funny. Like I can be kind of funny. And so like if you're hanging out with me, I'm probably a goof. Like I have jokes. Um, I'm witty. Um, that kind of thing. And so the top of the year, I started writing a book with my best friend. I decided to start a new YouTube channel. I was doing all this project work. And so the YouTube channel has been the most work because if any of you guys have done YouTube or longer video content that's not live, you know that it, there's an editing process and it's a lot. And so that channel is um, does have its first video out and everything. I'm currently editing three other videos to put up. But so YouTube's a lot. And I think a lot of content creators, you'll hear say that like, oh my gosh, YouTube is a lot of work. Um, but so anyway, this week I really did a couple of things because I've been going through like an up down phase where it's like, I love myself. I hate myself. I love myself. I hate myself. I think I'm beautiful. I think I'm not. I think I'm fat. I think I'm ugly. I think I'm pretty. I think I'm smart. I think I'm dumb. I think I'll get nowhere in life. So kind of going through this up and down thing where I'm dealing with like negative emotions and negative feelings. Um, I'm also panicking about my age and all this other stuff. Because now that I'm almost 30, I think my life's about to be over. Like I'm terrified that my life's about to end. I'm about to be old and like all of this like weird anxiety. And um, I think last week I told you guys about the the panic attack I had where I was like crying and like trying to get in contact with a therapist but I couldn't get in contact with one like right then and there and I wanted to speak to someone like immediately and so that's another area that I'm actually working on in terms of helping people during the middle of a mental health crisis and so a lot's been going on and um but what I will say is that through the discovery of this year it's definitely been a year of like grunting growth what do I mean by like grunting growth it's been a year where I'm definitely making strides right like I would I didn't set a f my foot in a gym last year except for twice maybe to go to a Zumba class this year you know I've been to the gym every week for the most part well not not this year this summer you know every week for the most part even if it was one day that week I made it that one day some weeks it's like three or four days which is the goal um other weeks it's like did I even make it at all out of the house and so this what I mean by it's been a time of grunting growth it's like I go deal with depressive fits or spouts or times where I'm like really struggling I'm dealing with you know raising kids so that comes with sleep regressions and late nights and early mornings and waking up all through the night because of you know a one-year-old is teething and all this other stuff <clears throat> but I continue to press forward and so I wanted to encourage you if you're in a season like I am and you're still making movement that that movement matters. I think sometimes we expect our lives and we expect ourselves to move at such a speed that's not possible that we get down on ourselves when we haven't accomplished certain things. When in reality, we're accomplishing more than we think. Like that first video you post, boom, great. That first video means something, right? You did it. You posted one. Now post another, you know? And so I've been on that, that kind of journey of like, as a person who likes to create content, finding time in my schedule to go to the gym, to, you know, meal prep enough so that 
and for me, meal prep is not even cook ahead. Meal prep is like plan ahead. Like I'm going to eat this. So when the time comes to make it, I know what I'm cooking. Um, fig, like go to work, make sure we have clothes that are clean and then also create content. And so what I've been kind of doing for, and what I'm doing for the next 30 days is like from August 8th and then from 30 days from now. So like December 8th or something like that, I'm really pushing. And so that means I might go to bed a little bit later or wake up a little bit earlier so I can get the creativity that I need to get in, in. Because what I realized I was doing is like most nights I would be going to bed at like 11 o'clock, which I guess isn't that late to some people. It's definitely late to me because I'm an early riser, right? Like I'm a 5 a.m., 6 a.m. wake up person. So like 11 o'clock is late. But I realized I was waking up at, I was going to bed at 11 o'clock anyway. And so what I've done in my schedule, and you can do this too, is kind of when you're trying to figure out, all right, where do I have time to do X, Y, or Z? Now I'll tell you, after dinner, I'm not interested in cleaning anything. I'm not doing housework. I'm not folding laundry. I am a morning operator. I function the best in the morning. I'm the most productive in the morning. I struggle through the afternoons and the evening. Now I can get things done in the afternoon, but it's going to be at a slower pace. And so what I've done is in the evening, once the kids are in bed, once I've once they're kind of settled, and that might not be realistically until 9.30. Well, now I have from 9.30 to 10.30 to pick which project I'm going to work on and to push. Um, so, or you know what, sometimes I I've told myself, I don't want to go to the gym. You know, in my ideal world, I would be at the gym every morning at five or six. That doesn't work every day. It works on Mondays. So on Mondays, maybe make that a priority. But the other days during the week, if I need to leave the house at 7 PM and go work out till 8 30 PM, I need to do that. And so I kind of was putting limits on my schedule based off of what I wanted instead of doing what I needed. And so that's kind of helped me get on a track. Now, in terms of the gym, this is a new track where, for instance, tonight I can't go because I'm going to a women's group thing. I'll tell you all about that after I get back from that. But um, and so not tonight, but like tomorrow night after I've worked, I've done everything. At 7.30, I can go to the gym for an hour, 7.30 to 8.30, get on the treadmill for 35 minutes, get on the bike, elliptical, whatever, go do my strength training. Um, And so I think that if you can find where in your schedule you have it, it could be the kids' nap time, it could be before the kids wake up. I feel like once your kids are sleeping in their own beds, it gets easier because for me, if Elliot wasn't in bed with me, I could easily be out of bed by 5.30, by 6 o'clock. But because when I wake up, he wakes up, I have to put him back to sleep before I can get up. And that's a 30 minute process that slows me down. People would say the solution is to wake up just 30 minutes earlier than you want to be awake. That is an obvious solution. That is not one that works for me because I'll be dead tired. Like I still need seven hours of sleep at least, right? Six hours of sleep a night, eight hours is ideal, but that's not realistic with toddlers. Um, 
And so in this season of my life, I'm trying to push. So I feel like I don't know where you are at in your life and in your journey, but I'm at this point where like things are changing. I've declared things are going to change and now I'm moving. And I want to encourage you to also move and to manifest and to start speaking into existence the things you want, pray in agreement on the things you want, and then work for it. And it's not an easy thing to do. The work part is the hardest part. And it might be like, I know that I have gifts and talents, but I'm depressed. I need to see a therapist to get me started. That is movement. That minute when I was freaking out and I was like, you know what? I need a therapist. And the reason why I decided I needed a therapist, I don't actually fully have one yet, but I'm working on it is there's areas of my life that I need someone to talk to and I don't have a person to fill that space. And so I'm I'm assigning someone that I'm going to have to pay to fill this space. And I think it'll help because I've told my husband, I am missing a person in my life. Nothing like romantic, not like in like, like you can't be everything for me. And I think that sometimes we put that on our spouses. This is a whole different conversation where you want them to be everything for you. And that's not fair. No person is going to be everything you need. My husband is a stay at home, level headed, chill, slow motion kind of guy. I am like fast forward, like on repeat. I don't know if this makes any sense. Like planner, mover, like I move, I walk, talk, I walk, talk and move quickly. Like I have a goal. I can think of something in an instant and I'm really impulsive. He's not. And so I need a stable person to bring me down, to tell me to slow down, to stop working so hard, to do whatever. And he's that for me. But I also need someone who's going to be like, Britt, let's go out and have a good time because I need to leave the house. And that's what my friends, my best friend, my best guy friend, Jordan, some of my friends from work, that's where they, that's what they're needed for in my life. So anyway, in this journey of moving forward and progressing in like, I felt kind of stuck where I've been for the past six years and I've been frustrated over it and I've been emotional about it and I've been praying about it. But what I realized I wasn't doing was I wasn't moving about it. And so I think that if you know where you're going, if you're visualizing who you specifically want to become, you can get there and you'll start to see movement. Now, I'll tell you, I haven't seen a lot of movement since I've been doing this for this past couple of weeks, but I know it's coming. And um, things don't happen overnight as much as we like to. Life is not Amazon Prime. You can't hit next day delivery. You have to work. And then one day you'll be like, oh, I've made it. And you won't even notice you've made it. Or you'll get the call and you'll be blown away by the call. You'll buy the house. You'll be blown away by the house. And so I'm saying all this like I'm a motivational speaker because that's what I want to be, right? But because I'm actually trying to also move. And I think that as moms, we get bogged down by I have all these responsibilities. I don't have time. And I think that you can read, and I'm definitely one of these people, read like all the self-help books, listen to all the self-help gurus, and they'll tell you like, this is how you should structure your week or your day. Here's what I'll say to them. Unless they are living your life and are in your shoes with that, with your personality and your desires and your circadian rhythms, they can't set a schedule up for you that works. They can't. The schedule I set up for me works for me. Now, a mom who is you know, commuting an hour and back to work every day, um, who has soccer practice three nights a week, my schedule that I laid out that is helping me become successful is not going to work for her. And so what I'm creating, I talked about this initiative thing that I'm going to launch in September. 
is ways to give you the tools to do it yourself. This is how you structure your schedule. And I'm gonna give you step-by-step easy ways to do it. This is how you make sure you have time for food, fun, pleasure, work, hustle, grind, grit, sweat, tears, everything. And um, that's kind of what I've been working on. And it's been through trial and error this whole year, y'all. And I think that um, there are seasons of rest and there are seasons of work. And I'm in a season of work. And I think that you need to just take time to figure out what season you're in. I'll tell you, when I had Elliot, um, he's almost two now, and that's why I feel like I can get to work. Um, but throughout his life as like an infant in his babyhood or whatever, there were just some limitations I have slash had that I don't have anymore. And I needed to focus most of my energy on raising my kids. And not to say that I don't focus a lot of energy on raising my kids now. It's just that because of the level, the age my kids are, um, and because Elliot is kind of nursing, he's nursing a lot. I'm really trying to wean him a little bit um, by leaving. Like, if I just leave, you can't have it. And if you forget about it, it, it'll be fine. I don't know. I'll let you know how it goes. Like, that will... Like when you have a newborn, you are, your baby's waking up every two hours. You have to feed them. You have to change them. You're obsessed with them. You want to smell them and you want to stare at them. So you're never asleep. During that time, you may have free time in the afternoons while they're napping to do something that you want to do. Do that. Take advantage of the time you have. But I understand that it's okay if it's not your hustle time. And it shouldn't be. I honestly think those first, that first year doesn't need to be a hustle time. Because you want to spend as much time with that baby as you can. You want to take as many pictures. You want to smell their baby breath because it doesn't last forever. As your child gets older, gets to the school age, like mine. Mia's now in preschool. Still half a day, but like every day, half a day. Elliot takes a nap for a couple hours. I'm starting to see room, kind of see light in my days that I'm like, here's time. Here's time. Here's time. And now every day I can delegate this time. But you have to know where you're at in your life. And I think sometimes you're in a period of brainstorming where you're, you have all these ideas. And that's kind of my life all the time. I think I have ADHD. I think I get manic. I don't know. Um, but, you know, I, you have all these ideas and you are writing everything down, but you have to, like, flush them out. Anyone who's ever, like, tried to do something knows that you, you have to flush certain things out. Like you could have a goal or a dream or whatever, and it could be like a cute idea to attain it, but it, it doesn't work. And so you have to flush it out. And so I kind of spent all of Elliot's year coming up with different ideas for, for content, for YouTube, for motivation and all these different things. But I had to like flush it out to get to like, okay, what is something I can routinely post about? What is something I routinely love? What is something I'm not going to get sick of? And do it like that. And that's fine. Um, so long story short is I am definitely been manifesting and have been in a season of work and have been in a season of reflection and have been in a season of hustle of, you know what, if you want to do this, you need to do this three times a day. You need, and if you can't do it, you need to prepare it in terms of posting. For instance, if I can't, if I don't have time to sit and post something, then I need to have it scheduled to go out on those dates and things like that. And taking time on the weekends, like you can either work on your, your physical job that's paying you 
work on the future job that you want to have, or you can spend time with family. And so that's kind of how I divvy up my weekends where it's like on Saturday, I'm going to spend five hours working my real job. And then I'm going to have family time on Sunday. I'm going to spend four hours working on my future job. And then I'm going to have family time because I have a spouse. We can flip flop and work on different projects and it works that way. Um, so that you're giving attention to your family, but then you're also giving space to take care of the things that you want to take care of. And I think that I can say this for my situation. Not everyone's in my situation. I have an amazing husband. He understands that I'm a dreamer. And as a dreamer, I'm a doer. Like I don't just sit on my butt. I start working. And so he gets it. Um, not everyone has that. And so if your time is your lunch break at work, let's say you get a 45 minute lunch break at work and you, you can go to your car. It's hot. So maybe roll down the windows or turn it on, go sit in your car, bring your notebook, bring your tablet, bring your laptop, bring whatever it is you want to work on and work on it. If it's exercising and you're physically in the office, walk that 45 minutes and like that whole 45 minutes just walk and walk and you'll just start to see the difference in your life for me at work that 45 minutes is I'm usually working on my book um like taking time to sit and write and depending on the week if I haven't gotten any movement in I'll walk around the building but for real normally like that 45 minutes is uninterrupted kid time at my lunch break I'm working on my book so there's time and space for you to figure out what you want to do and what you need to do you just need the time to do it. And I was saying for the longest time to my husband, I need time to figure out our schedule. I can figure it out. I just haven't literally had a minute to do it. And so just acknowledging what you need and taking the time you need to do it and then prioritizing your priorities. Um, a lot of us are pro- procrastinators, not prioritizers. And I think that if we can start prioritizing, um, we'll start to see changes in our life. And also note, growth is a slow process. It took nine months to have a baby. I remember how long those last three months felt. I remember um, being so sick of being pregnant and then finally, boom, that baby was born. I think for you to see any real progress in anything, I give myself nine months. And because I'm a mom, I give myself nine months. For instance, with my fitness journey, in nine months, I would like to see something different. Now, I see things where it's like if you're eating well, you're exercising, you're intermittent fasting. I'm doing all that right now. I'll let you guys know how I feel in a month. In a month, you'll feel it. In two months, you'll see it. In three months, people will notice it. Great. Um, I, give, I gave myself nine months for that. And so I just wanted to encourage you wherever you are in your journey of life to not give up. Into Sometimes you need to like reflect and sit. And I've done that. I told you guys, I spent the first half of this year going back to who I am. What am I interested in? What do I want to learn? What do I like to do? And then doing that. And that kind of fills me up on a level of, you know, I got to make five TikToks this afternoon. I like creating content. That's something I like to do. Maybe if you like to sew, I got to sew for a couple hours this afternoon. And like finding time in your schedule to do it is so important. But also figuring out what you like to do is important too. And so just know where you are on your journey. So many people say, I want to be financially free. I don't want to just be financially free. I want to be emotionally free. I want to be mentally free. I want to be working hard, but working hard doing what I love. I'm not saying I I want to sit on my butt and be, you know, win the lottery, which would be nice. But if I won the lottery... I would spend all my time creating content and traveling and doing things like that. And so, 
building that life that you want takes time. And in terms of like building, it takes a long time to build something solid. And so just give yourself time and patience. I remember growing this podcast it's growing. And I think this is the first year I'm starting to see like some more growth. Um, some of my loyal listeners, y'all have been around for forever and I love you and I thank you so much. (sighs) Keep sharing with your friends, keep telling people about, Hey, just listen to this. If you're at work or driving, you need something. It's taken me, you know, the two years I've been doing this podcast to go from like 50, 50 listens to like 100 listens to 300 listens to 400 listens an episode to 500 listens an episode and just to note that those numbers may seem small right like you know 500 listens or 500 downloads in an episode you know people are getting 20,000 a million downloads for a nobody who started as a nobody that's a lot of somebody's that I don't know listening to this episode and so just give yourself grace and um just remember who you are and keep pushing. So now that I've given you all my motivational BS about moving forward, let me give you the uncensored raw, real hard part. This shit's hard. It's really hard. I've been in a position of trying to elevate so many areas of my life and have felt the resistance. I am exhausted And I feel like I'm putting work into certain areas and not getting that work put back. And I'm tired. I'm I'm tired. Um, Y'all, sometimes it just feels like I can't win. And I feel like you guys probably feel the same way. It feels like... It feels like there's so many fights... And, um, I'm trying not to cry. So my voice just got weird. I'm like, trying not to cry. Um, and I'm the get back up kind of girl. I'm the get back up kind of girl. Um, I lost a friend. Somebody who, who filled a void in my life. And it hasn't been replaced. I've struggled with just the evolution of marriage, you know. I've been with my husband for 10 years, so te- so you guys know a lot can happen in 10 years. A lot can change in 10 years. And um, marriage is beautiful. And you can love somebody, and you can be in love with somebody, and you can have a great foundation, and it can still be hard. And I felt like I felt ashamed to say that I'm struggling with certain things in my marriage. Um, nothing ma- major. No infidelity, no, you know jealousy, no cheating, nothing like that. Just like little things that add up and trying to work through those. And I feel like I have to come on this podcast and be real because I'm the most ashamed to say that, um, that we're working through stuff and it's not even like bad stuff. It's not even like terrible stuff. Like we are great. There are many areas of our life that are great. And then there's other areas of our life that there's friction because, you know, I'm moving one way and he's moving another way or, or the opposite way. And I don't know if I've said this before, and I think I might have, about how, um, and if I haven't, you know, Ethan and I are opposites. And I need someone who's a little bit more like me in my life. And when I say I need somebody else in my life, I don't mean like romantically. I don't mean in my marriage. I mean like as a friend who who who's who I can do those things with. And... I 
I'm getting frustrated um, because I'm lonely. And I said something to, to my, um, I said something that I realized like, oh, that's what you're mentally thinking about. Perhaps this is where you need to go talk to somebody is when I was like, you know, I understand why during COVID depression rose suicide rose addiction rose I understand it now because like during my COVID times I had a friend for a while and then one by one I start I started losing communication with people and like some of those people it's not a bad thing it's just the nature of life and I became so isolated to the point that now I feel so isolated that um if I was really struggling with something much heavier than I am I could be in a really dark place. Like, thank God I have God, you, and the podcast, right? Because I strive on. But I started to kind of have, like, this empathy for people who struggled with either addiction or depression or something serious during COVID because I can see how isolated we are. And I think about my friends who love me and my friends that are my friends, but they don't see, they don't see my pain. And if they do, they're not bringing it up. No one ever says, like, hey, Brett, how are you doing today? I was thinking about you. Are you doing okay? I've never gotten a text like that. I've never gotten a message from someone saying, hey, hey, boo, how are you? I know that you have two kids and you've been alone for a long time. Want to get out. And um, it's very hard. And I will tell you, because I've been screwed over, I'm so hesitant to join a mops group or to join a small group from church because I'm so mentally tired of like fighting and pretending that I don't have, I don't have it in me for small talk. I don't have it in me for like, Oh, how are you? And and so tonight I'm going to a women's thing and I'll let you know how it goes when I get back. Um, but from this standpoint, I don't want to go and I'm going to go because I feel like sometimes in life, there are things that you don't want to do, but then after you do them, you feel better. Yesterday I was feeling crummy. I was at the point where I was like, you know what? I'm not going to go to the gym. I'm going to eat lunch and I'm going to take a nap. And that would be fine. That is actually a perfect way to spend an afternoon. There is no obligation to go to the gym. I'm an adult. I make my own decisions. But I said, you know what? Go to the gym. It's going to be good for you. Went to the gym. My mood was high, like sky high. Great energy, great vibes, great things. Feeling good. Felt like I could conquer the world. And so despite the fact that right now I'm feeling tired, I'm feeling mentally burnt out, And I think the mental burnout comes from being the default parent, comes from being the primary parent, comes from being the the person who handles all the things in the house, and then also the person who's invested in elevating our lives. I think I realized that I've been carrying this burden, right, where I want to elevate us, I want to elevate us, I want to elevate us. And so I'm working and planning and proving, I'm looking at my marriage, I'm looking at our finances, I'm looking at my job, I'm looking at my career, I'm looking at my talents, I'm looking at my passions. And I'm like, okay, so this is how we're going to do better here. This is how we're going to do better here. It's hard to do that alone. And even if I didn't do it with my husband, if I was doing it with a friend, it'd be a little bit easier. And so anyway, I just wanted to say, I'm still moving I'm still pressing forward. I'm still walking forward, but I feel a lot of pullback. It's like I'm in um, like sludge or something. Like I'm moving, but I'm moving slowly and things are trying to hold me back and I'm going to keep going. So if that's you, I feel you and we're going to continue to press on and I'm just praying. In fact, I want to pray really quickly for us and then I'll let you know how my evening goes. Um, 
at this event. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to pray for everyone that's listening to this podcast, man, woman, whoever, child, just Lord, I ask that you just step into their lives, that you would show yourself to them and remind them of who you are and who they are, that you are an almighty, you are the almighty, all powerful, all loving, supreme being that cares for us, that watches over us, that loves us. And we are so beautiful and so wonderfully made that any doubt of that needs to be erased. We were born to live life, to live it abundantly, to bless others, to bring others closer to you, closer to love. And that is the core of who you are. So I ask that you just give us peace, give us strength and give us endurance as we continue through this week and just help us to reach you. Amen. Okay. I just had to pray really quickly. I don't know why it just felt like it. And, um, cause I really do feel like a lot of us are in like the fight of our lives, but it's like always like, it's like that knockdown, you know, when you're like knocked out and everyone's cheering for the guy who just won and that person's in the boxing room laying down and everyone's cheering and they think you're out and they're like one, two, and they're about to, and you're about to tap out and you jump back up and you say, wait a minute, I'm not done. I feel like that's where a lot of us are in life. I'm gonna make a video about that because that could be really cute. But anyway, that's that. I hope you're doing well. That's that. Okay, so as I record this second half of the podcast, I'm going to be honest that I'm sitting in my bathtub. So if you hear echoes, if you hear a fan, just try to get through it with me because I this is what I need right now. And so this is what I'm going to do. So I was talking about how I didn't really feel like going to this women's meeting yesterday. Um because now it's the next day. I didn't feel like going to this women's meeting at the church I used to go to, but I knew it would be good for me. I knew I didn't want to go. And the only reason why I didn't want to go is because I just didn't feel like physically getting up, getting dressed and getting out the house. Nothing to do with going to the meeting itself. It's just, you know, like how you're lazy and you're like already in for the day. You're like, I don't really feel like, like if I didn't go, I could like order some sushi. I could watch Virgin River and then I could go to bed or I could go dive into the word of God with women. What am I supposed to do? So naturally I went to church and backstory about this church is this church has been around, has been in my life for four years. Um, and it's kind of like a a church that I was like kind of going to, kind of not going to. And I have just so many interesting things to tell you. I'm going to be really unfiltered on this podcast, trying to be really careful. Um, and so Ethan and I was going and my husband isn't as like strong of a believer as I am. And I'm like super faith forward. And he's like, "Mm, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. And you know, that's the end. And I'm like passionate, right? Whatever. No big deal. Keep doing life. (laughs) Um, and so I realized that, okay, so what happened was I was going on and off to this church. And then one person that went to this church, I was really good friends with. Her husband was pretty involved and her kids were friends with my kids, specifically my, my oldest Mia, um, cause my son wasn't born at the time. And, um, we hung out like every day, like every single day it was, what are we doing? Do we go to the park? Do you want Starbucks? Should we go check out this new place? Want to come over and hang out? I'm having a bad day. We brought each other presents. Like it was a really sweet friendship. Now it was a friendship that lasted for about a year of like that kind of relationship where it was like really, really good. And unfortunately over like some really think something I thought I think is really petty. I will say there's an age gap between me and my old friend and 
I have kind of walked through some things already. So this didn't really affect me where it really affected her. So like politics ended the friendship. I'm going to leave it at that. Um, and I will tell you, I've worked to, to make it work and didn't work. So God's like, girl, you got to let her go and keep going. And so I distanced myself from the church a little bit because I didn't want the, my biggest fear. And this is where I'll say what hurt the most. I really enjoyed this person. You guys have talk, heard me talk about how motherhood's lonely. I don't have a mother companion and I need a mom friend that I can talk to. Like this is, this was the role. We talked about our marriages. We talked about our dreams. We talked about, so it was like a really, it was like a close best friend role that I lost. But more than that, my daughter lost her best friend. And so what hurt me more was knowing that my little girl this broke my freaking heart and mama bear gets mad about this would ask for her friends and i would have to just keep making up excuses now mia's four now this happened when she was two she doesn't remember them anymore now i think if they saw each other there might be some like memories and so i've done my best from that friendship breakup to now to keep me and my family away from her and hers hers not because i couldn't like say hey what's up and be civil we did that like at soccer practice like whatever after our relationship was over we were just like hey passing by there's a lot of history that i could go into but i'm not going to do that for privacy sake um and so i what broke my heart was like i let and it really taught me a lesson about letting people into my life where i'm not letting friends into my kids lives until they prove that they're worthy to be in my kid's life. You can enter my life and leave my life and I can decide if I want to keep you around or not. But in order to be in my kid's life, you have to be a certain type of person, a certain type of people. And I will never let somebody like walk away from my kid like that again. And so anyway, long story short, (laughs) this church. Um, And I will say this church does so many great things in the community. Um, Like a lot of really great things. I think everyone there you know, really good people, really good hearts, really good spirits. But I don't know if you guys have ever had like church drama or church doctrine differences. And it can be kind of tricky. Let me give you my church background. I think a lot of you will relate to this. Um, because I realized that people who are Christians or who used to be Christian or who grew up Christian have similar stories. So let me tell you this one. And then let me tell you about my night after that. Okay, so my upbringing and background, I don't know if I've ever fully given it to you guys, but let me give it to you now. So growing up, my grandparents are Seventh-day Adventist. My family grew up Seventh-day Adventist. My grandfather's actually a pastor of a Seventh-day Adventist church. So my, my mom and her sister, my aunt, grew up going to church every Saturday. Yep. They observe the Sabbath. If you don't know about the Seventh-day Adventist, um, that's one of the biggest things. They observe the Sabbath and... Um, which I'm kind of into in a way, and I don't, I'm not going to get into my beliefs, but anyway, um, they observe the Sabbath and um, whatever. And so when my mom had me, she was also Seventh-day Adventist. When she met my dad, they had they had been, my, my mom and my dad, well, my mom and my stepdad, who I call my dad, I'm not going to tell you my dad's story. That's for another episode. Um, but they grew up together and pretty much like throughout high school and then whatever, 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 um, how my brother got married and we're living life, mostly a Seventh-day Adventist. At some point, my mom starts sort of questioning religion. And I don't know, she can tell her story much better, and I'll, I'll, I'll have her on the podcast sometime. Um, 
I really want to have her on the podcast because I feel like it'll be so much fun. But, um, and so she kind of goes off for a little while and there's a phase where we're not really going to church as she herself is really trying to read the Bible and figure out what she believes on her own. And I think interestingly, I'm in a similar place at a similar age that she was. And I'll get into that after this whole conversation about my upbringing. And so, um, she goes this deep dive and she realizes that she doesn't really believe in the, the like biblical doctrine of the Seventh-day Adventist, but she still believes in Jesus. And so we're going to go off and we went to a non-denominational church. And this church was amazing. I'll tell you, we loved Pastor Chris. You hear me, Pastor Chris, if you ever listen to my podcast. Um, he was so good. My dad was like best friends with a guy who played in the band. My dad started playing the bass. Like my mom was leading um, youth youth group. So if you guys are Christian goers, you know what youth group is. Like you meet Friday nights instead of like going out and partying, like you're hanging out we're playing games um there's like a discussion there's a teaching and so if you've ever been to like young life or um youth group you know what i'm talking about so it's kind of like a hangout you know like the the teen ministry my mom's in charge of that so naturally all my friends are always over our house we're always hanging out you know friday after youth group everyone would just keep the party going at my house dated a guy who did not go to my youth group like initially that's not how we met i mean it's kind of how he met he came to my youth group um and then you know we dated doing this whole skit together long long story so we were really involved i worked in the kids nursery with miss joyce shout out to miss joyce love you lady and um so much so grateful for you my friend good friend stephen powell shout out stephen powell i'm just shouting out everybody that i love that is from this this church and um what happened was the pastor at the time was kind of exploring some different beliefs and like reading the Bible and kind of deciphering some things for himself. And because of that, the organization that was in charge of the church um, kind of like excommunicated him in a way. They were like, no, you can't teach this. If you're going to keep teaching this, you can't minister. He gets kicked out of the church. The church gets divided. Some people like the new way he's going. Some people don't. And so for a while we're meeting at having, so we're kicked out of church because my dad is like, and my family is friends with the pastor's family. So then we start going to church at their house, like they're meeting every week and just kind of trying to figure it out for themselves. And it just doesn't end up working out. My dad becomes an atheist. My mom really struggles through that. And my whole church close family gets broken. And this is where my first negative viewpoint of church gets shaped, where I see people are judging people because of like a difference in belief, he can't pastor. Now I understand as an adult, right? I understand that if you're going to be the head of a certain type of church, that you need to be teaching that church's doctrine. That makes sense. Um, where I kind of fall in the church categories, nobody come for me. Um, with my mixed upbringing, like Seventh-day Adventist, which has very specific rules. And it was like, it wasn't really non-denominational. It was like, called, it was like a friendship church. I don't know what kind of church it was. It was similar to non-denominational. Um, which is basically you don't have a denomination, you're like you're not, you don't really have a doctrine. Um, and that has been my jam because for me as a Christian, and I know my non-Christian listeners are like, what are you talking about? But just stick with me. Um, I believe, and this is me personally, one, I accept all people's beliefs as they are because I'm not God. So my number one, if you know two things about me from this podcast, you know that I will always preach love first because my job isn't to judge. And I think that that is where people fall short is they, they forget to, to not judge and to just love people where they at, how they are without trying to change them, without trying to manipulate, it, manipulate them, love people for who they are. 
because that's what Jesus did. He didn't care if you were a prostitute. He was loving on you. He didn't care if you were a stinky. He was loving up on you. If you were a leper. And so if, if Jesus isn't like, hey, you know, you suck. You should change. Why should I? The only people he did that to were the people who were in charge of like the temple, the Pharisees. Um, you know, the people, if you guys don't know, if you guys aren't like biblical people or like church people, the people who were in charge of church are the only people, not the only people, but I will say the people that Jesus most condemned were the people in charge of church. And I just find that very interesting in today's society. And with my whole backstory from my upbringing, hmm, <laughs> lots of things to say. So anyway, you know that I'm going to always love first and I'm never going to judge, right? Because that's not my position. <sighs> I forgot where I was going with this, y'all. Oh, and so for me, as I explore my faith, what's the most important to me when it comes to church? And I don't know if anyone knows this. In fact, I would start a church, but I don't think I'm qualified. Um, Is that we are teaching from the Bible. That we are teaching commandments. That we are focusing on God's mission. And we're not being bleepholes. Why? Because I feel like it gets really muddled once you start reading the Bible because every written work is up for interpretation. Every written work is up for interpretation. And as humans, you can read one verse and I could read one verse and you all know if you've ever been in a church discussion, everyone will take away something different from it. And so how do you as people... um like really preach God's word or be in the Bible and have differing opinions, like what, how do you solve that problem? And that's the biggest problem for me. And so for what I've always done and what I've kind of set out to do um, since becoming an adult and going into my own faith is like, okay, if I feel like God is calling me to do something or calling me to change a way that I'm doing, that's for me. And what I learned from that experience, like on this podcast, I will share with people who want to hear it. Like if God is telling me, you know, you need to slow down and spend more time with me, get off of TikTok. You guys know I'm on TikTok a lot. I posted 30 videos in two days. I posted like 16 videos today. Yes, I'm on TikTok a lot. That's God's message for me. Now, I do believe that there are messages for everyone, which is why I have the podcast, right? But I'm not here I am not the middleman between you and God. And I feel like sometimes other people want to be the middleman between you and God. And I'm not trying to get preachy, but that middleman situation got ended when Jesus died on the cross. And like, I'm not going to get into, I'll talk about that more on Easter, about the middleman situation between you and God and how there was like these things you had to do that you don't have to do anymore because like you can just go directly to the father yourself now. And so all these other things, long story long, where I struggle church wise is I can't get past what happens to me is I'll go to a church and I recently did this. I'll go, I, I went to a new church, go to a church and I like the people. I like the songs. I like the ministry. They're doing good things. But then they want to start getting to the point of like, all right, now this is what you're supposed to do. This is the right thing to do. And it gets really muddled when it comes to big ticket issues. We all know about abortion's a big topic right now. 
um, LGBTQIA rights is a big conversation. And even what that means is a big conversation. What do what, what all these letters stand for? Not everyone knows. And that, that surprises me in today's day and age of knowledge. Um, but so for me, where I really, really, really struggle is I know my calling and I'm, I'm preaching on the podcast and then I'm going to move on. And I really feel like it's a, a lot of our calling. And I think that our biggest ministry should always be love. And then sit down and dive into what you think the word is telling you with people that are in your community. And I guess because I've never been close enough to people at church, it's never felt safe enough. Mm, That's a good word, safe. It's never felt safe enough. I just realized that. Because if it was me and my best friend, my very best friend, my two best friends, I could say, guys, for the next three weeks, let's read the Bible and let's interpret it together. It would be a safe space for us to look at words and text and agree or disagree and start deciphering what we think the Bible is telling us to do. Now, when you get into when you when you get put into like a church atmosphere, it almost becomes like judgy like oh you're judging these people or you're judging those people oh you think these people are wrong or these people are right oh you think this is the better way to do things and this is that and I feel like mm, life isn't black and white and so when you are doing that in an environment with people that you don't know well it can turn so many people off and so whenever I am in a church environment and I grew up like the church I was involved in like long ago back when I was a teenager and stuff that fell apart was like evangelical meaning like to go out and to spread the gospel and bring as many people to Jesus as you can and so we would stand out on the highway and hand out waters in the summer we gave out chocolate bars inviting people to church all of it sounds sketchy now in 2022 but like back in 2009 in 2009 in 2009 it wasn't that sketchy um and I liked that because I feel like sometimes when you have like a new Christian or somebody who's just getting faith, going in on all of these things can really turn somebody off and turn them away. Like, oh, you're just one of those people. And so I feel like in the safety of, and not to say that it's a safety, but you really need to be in a safe environment to dive into the way we should behave or whatever. Because if you go by the Old Testament, there's a lot of things I'm doing wrong. I'm not spraying my perfume on right. I'm wearing pants. Like there's a lot of things that I'm not, I'm not drinking wine correctly or on the right day at the right time at the right temperature. Like there's a lot that, you know, is said and to decipher. Long story long, if you want to know what is Brittany's issue with church, it's not that I have an issue with church. I actually love church. I love worship. I love connecting with church people. It just ends up getting tricky at some point, And I haven't figured out how to navigate past that. And honestly, the conversation I'm looking forward to having with my mom is for me and from my standpoint. And if you just imagine who I am, if I'm a person of love, so I love everybody. I love everybody. I don't care what bad thing they've done because we've all done bad things how do I move in a space where not everyone, you know, where we're kind of trying to tell people what to do? Like, I don't, I'm not into all that. So it's like hard for me. It gets really tricky once I get like too deep in church and it really does. And it's something that I feel like my mom had questions when she was like in her early thirties and kind of like went off on a journey. I feel like 
not that I'm like leaving church, that's kind of dramatic, but I feel like I'm doing my own study right now to just to discover what I think is right or wrong and trying not to be influenced by man, but literally just to be influenced by the word. Okay, so how was this meeting last night? So what happened was that the message was interesting. I don't want to get into it. I do have topics where I want to have a deeper conversation with my mom because I think she's the smartest person I know and I'm not sure it's smart for me to have those conversations with anybody else because I think that even me and my mom might disagree. Um, but the topics that we got into were pretty good at the table once we got to the discussion part. So the message was interesting, but like I live for the discussion, like let's chat about what we just heard. And so we were at a table where it was me and other mom who has young ones, like her, her youngest is a baby. And then, then, you know, she has like a two year old as well. And then there was, um, a high school, a middle schooler. So like an eighth grader, um, a girl who was in her second year of college. And then there is my friend who is an adult and is out of school as a working professional but is single and then there's me of course as kids and then there was our wonderful discussion leader who is older in her 80s and another one who's in her 60s so she's been married and had kids so we all had different perspectives and takes and um one of the conversations this conversation got onto tiktok and how you shouldn't be on social media you're going to be influenced and everyone's like yeah 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 like yes it's social media is so bad and all these things y'all know i live for social media like this is what I, my platform is is on social media and so my take of course was well yes i think there are negative influences on social media and you guys know i have an instagram break i've done a facebook break i've done a tiktok break i've deleted the apps and for months i have i was on tiktok for the past six months and um then i re-entered and this is my biggest advice if you want tiktok's a great tool as we talk about social media um you have to curate your feed and so what ended up happening was my feed was too much mom stuff my identity as a mom is pretty secure and um it was like do this instead of that do this all these things like how to have the perfect house how to do this how to manage your time and so i was getting overwhelmed with all these how to's to do things better where I just needed a space to have fun. And so I made a whole incognito new TikTok where I'm just doing dances, I'm doing reviews on Disney. Um, it's like a fun TikTok. I'm talking a little bit about faith on there um, as well. I'm talking about my ED journey, eating disorder, if you don't know what that is, yeah, or disordered eating is what we call it now, um, journey and like all this other stuff. So it's a lot, it's less of a toxic place for me because I just made a whole new TikTok. The other thing is that Anyway, so I have done deleting the social media because my mental health can't take it. And then now I'm on it, but I've kind of curated it for myself. And my whole point was like, if we all, if, all, if every Christian or every good, influential, nice person who's real, like me, I'm real. Dishes are in the sink right now. That's real. I could show you. Want to see my, my messy kitchen? Actually, my kitchen's pretty clean. Just the sink has dishes. And that is because our housekeeper came last week. Not because I made it clean. But, um... I, and if I, if I sound bougie for saying housekeeper, I, I would say like cleaner or like house helper. I have this really beautiful, wonderful soul of a human who once a month will come and clean my house top bottom. And I used to think that was a rich person thing, but I'm not rich. It's just in my budget because it's what I need. And so if you want one, you should get one. Tell your husband why and enjoy. But um, if you don't have a husband, then tell your wife. If you don't have a wife, then just tell yourself and get a housekeeper. Um, but I lost my train of thought. 
Oh, I was my point was like, if, if we all just leave social media, who's going to influence the people who need it? And so it ended up being an interesting topic of conversation and talking about, well, when do you spend time with God? And are you spending enough time with God? All that, it was really good. It was good. You know, um, there were some parts of it. I was like, mm, mm, this is saucy and this is not my cup of tea. And then there were parts where I really agreed with. And then in that meeting, I went to, right afterwards with my friend Jordan to get dinner at like 9 p.m. because I hadn't eaten dinner. Who eats dinner at 9 p.m.? It's stupid late for me. Um, it's actually out of my intermittent fasting window but I could not eat because that would be like more dangerous than eating for me mental health wise and anyway long story long I got there and I was like bruh this was wild and then that was it so at the end of the day am I happy I went to the meeting yes at the end of the day do I still have a lot of questions about church stuff yes and and at the end of the day Am I interested in having conversations with, like, pastors and ministers? No. <laughs> I'm not. I'd rather have this conversation with, like, my mom, whose job isn't it to persuade me one way or another. And I love pastors. I love my old pastor growing up. I love my grandfather. He's a great pastor. I even like the pastor of this church. He's got some great messages. He's a good person, good soul, good human. I just get so iffy when we get to doctrine-type stuff. And the reason why I call it doctrine type stuff is because it's kind of like the foundation that you're building your faith on. And my faith starts with love. And if Jesus loves me, what does that mean? That means that I'm beautiful. That means that I am capable. That means that I am abundant. If Jesus loves me, that means he loves you. That means that you are beautiful. That means that you are capable. That means that you are abundant. If Jesus loves me and all the mess that I've done and all the bad things I've done. He loves that that other person on the side of the street who's doing something I may or may not agree with. He loves them just as much. And so my thing with church is I wish all church was about love. And then like in small groups, you could be like, this is the doctrine small group or something. And then I'd be really into it because then I could just kind of choose. I want a small group for women's empowerment. <laughs> anyway. So that was my interesting time. And I had a listener message me a while ago saying, hey, I'm really glad that you're getting back into your faith and in church and stuff. And I thought that was the sweetest message because I have honestly been like off my game a little bit. Like I have been not setting enough intentional time myself to work on my faith and to and honestly to find a church for my family. And I think it's because I'm burnt. I'm church burnt out. I don't know what I think. Has any of you? Okay. I feel like all my listeners are going to just be mad at me because I talked, I had to like blast at church. But I got to be honest, right? Christian mom uncensored. I still read my Bible. I still pray. I still read my devotionals. I still tell my kids about Noah and about Moses and about Mary and about Adam and Eve. We still do all those things. It's just finding the right environment to further that. And I think, you know, God made church, like church is good, but not... It's just complicated is what it is. And I don't like complicated. I like I don't like confrontation, but I can't be quiet if I don't disagree. And interestingly, I'm rambling and I'm going to shut up. When I was growing up, I was so quiet, so shy. I would never participate, would never say anything. I really think when you turn 30, you come into your own and you no longer give an F. You no longer give an F. I don't want to say the word, but you no longer give. I want to say it so bad. You no longer give it. Like, you don't care about what anyone else thinks anymore. You're just like, nah, this is my life. And it's very cool to be almost 30 as I sit here petrified of turning 30. But 
just becoming sure of yourself is really a cool position to be in. And if you're over 30 and you're like, I'm not sure of myself. I've also been doing a lot of self-work this year. Remember I was talking about how, you know, I was writing a book. I'm still writing the book. Um, chapter two. <laughs> I'm writing a book with my friend. I'm going to the gym and I'm trying to be who I want to be. So that when I'm 60, I'm like, darn girl, you did it. So that's your weekly encouragement to just do it. Hopefully this episode was interesting to you all. I do have a TikTok. I'm not going to tell you what it's called. See if you can find it. It's not that hard. If you're interested in seeing a different side of me. Again, my podcast with Tori, Mommy Needs a Nap. um, Completely different side of me. It's not really a faith-based podcast. It's just straight mom, straight life podcast because we're kind of from two different faiths. I'm Christian and she is not. <laughs> I mean, like she kind of, I don't really know. I'm not going to speak for her. She has different beliefs than I do. I'll say that. And it, I think it's cool that we could still be really good friends and just like do us. And like, that is what life is about. Just do you. You don't have to be extra, except for I'm always extra, like an extra side of guacamole. All right. So if you have not already followed me on Instagram, make sure you're following me on Instagram at Christian Mom Uncensored. I know I haven't been posting as much lately, but right now I'm going through a whole social media phase. So lots of content is out. I'm also on YouTube at, um, if you search Book It with Brit, there I'm going into in-depth Disney guides, Disney tips, um, traveling with toddlers, that kind of information, kind of like your vacation travel planner, but specifically Disney World. Um, I am on TikTok, not telling you where you can find me because that is if you want to see that side of me. It's a different side of me for sure. A little fun, a little saucy. Um, Not like, not like, well, that sounds bad. Not like that. Just like me having a, a, like fun, like not necessarily mom stuff. Some stuff I post like mom TikToks. Sometimes it's dancing. Sometimes it's like marriage. Sometimes it's like a comment on something. And so it's just like a whole different side of it. I have like a mix. I'll have like a a Bible verse, an inspirational quote, a cute dance. Then I'll have a complaint about husbands and then a complaint about motherhood. And then I'll have a comment about intimacy and marriage. And so it's a completely different space. I get if you really want it and you can't find it, you can DM me, but I don't think you guys are that invested into me. I think I'm the only one who's invested into me. But anyway, um, no bad self-talk. I love you all. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please, 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 if you like this podcast, if you like this podcast, leave me a five-star rating on Apple. Make sure you are subscribed. If you can leave a comment, send me a DM. I got a DM from a a listener this morning, and it was so nice to hear that someone is like liking the podcast and has comments about it. And so... Love you, girl. Praying for all of you. Loving all of you. Not judging all of you. And I just hope you have a beautiful... That's my foot on the bathtub. I'm about to get out. (laughs) A beautiful week. I will talk to you all next week. I will see you on the interwebs.